Welcome to Bear Creek AG's online service podcast. We're so glad that you tuned in with us today. We upload a new service every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. So we look forward to having you tune in with us again. Here's today's message. If you would turn to your Bibles to Exodus chapter 13 this morning, I know your hearts are prepared for the word. I do not have notes on the screen. Pastor uh, Jenny and JP are at a conference this weekend. Uh, she'll be coming back today, and so I didn't burden her because I didn't have my message ready at the beginning of the week. So I didn't burden her to have to work on it um, late at night after the conference. I wanted them to be able to go be refreshed, be encouraged, and come back and get these young people saved. Um, Boy, one of y'all got that. The rest of y'all are like, what, what? Yeah, yeah. Today, um, we're going to conclude this series, this Kingdom Equation uh, series that Lord began in us, uh, ministering to us about three weeks ago. My hopes is, you know, can I be honest with you? This, it's, maybe it's the children's pastor in me. I know it's kind of the norm in, 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 from, in church nomenclature today to kind of do themes and series and, and try to make them mind mind grabbing but I know from 20 plus years of children's ministries and if I count my 12 years here that's 32 years of children's ministries uh, you're just big kids in my mind you're just big kids in my mind I do try to have an element that grabs your attention right I don't want to entertain you I don't want to get up here I tell jokes every once in a while but it's what to bring you back into the message it's God's message. It's not my message. I'm not defending the message today. I'm just telling you this kingdom equation idea. I, I didn't originate that. I saw someone else do it. This isn't their messages, though. I said, hey, that's a great idea. Started praying about what queen kingdom equations are out there. And I do that just so that it resonates with you. I found in children's ministries that when you use an object, we call it object lessons, then that stuck with the kids. The next time they saw this object, it reminded them of the lesson. And so that's why I try to be creative. Obviously, we don't have it up here today, but kingdom equations. My hope, though, through this, though, it's got your attention and it kind of made you look and think a little differently than what you normally do when it comes from your, your faith walk because the idea of this message series was is in, in, in the world's economy or in the world's way of doing things doesn't always equal up to what the way God does things. We saw that with the... The meals, right? One meal for a little boy fed 5,000 fish, right? Two, two fish and five loaves equals one meal in today's economy or way of doing things, but in God's economy, it doesn't. And so we've looked at that, and it's really to build your faith, because that's really what I want to do. Any message, anytime you hear the Word of God, it's what? I want it to build your faith. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God, and then I want us to jump over there to where James says, but just don't be hearers of the Word be doers of the word and so that that's that's what this is and I'm hoping that this is what's happened to you but today as we look at things I'm going to let you off the hook right now because our, uh, I don't have the title up here I guess I could have given you guys give me title but basically if you're a mathematician or you you know anything about math you know that that a hundred percent minus ten percent of anything equals what 90 yeah 100 minus 10 today we're going to if, if you could see the title of it 100% minus 10%, the greater than sign, 90%. I'm going to talk today on tithing, which is a very spiritual subject. It's a very spiritual subject. Nobody likes to be told what to do with their money, and I'm not here to tell you what to do with your money. I'm not preaching this message because we're hurting for money. Can I be honest with you? God is faithful. God is faithful. It's not that there's, it's, it's not, it's not that at all. But to be, to, to be a good shepherd of the flock and to be obedient to the leading of the Holy Spirit, I feel like today that this is what God would have me to say to you today. And we're going to begin by looking at some principles. There's three principles in the Old Testament that I believe leads to New Testament giving or tithing. Now, I don't want to lose you when we go to the Old Testament we're going to be reading about things that we don't do like they did back then. But there's some principles within this scripture today that I want you to join me. These scriptures are not going to be on the board. So I hope you turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 13 with me. We'll bounce around a little bit, but I want you to park here as I begin reading this morning. But before we look at that, we have to look at this, these principles or this one big principle that's throughout the Word of God. Now, I'm going to give you another disclaimer because I believe in giving credit where credit is due. Some of this that I have is not his words, but it's from a book 
by uh, Pastor Morse at Gateway Church. He is, he is a, a phenomenal source on living a life, not a prosperity. He doesn't preach prosperity message, but living a blessed life within the kingdom of God. And so reading a book called The Blessed Life, um, these are things I jotted down many, many years ago. And just think that it's pertinent today for, for the time that we live and what God would have for our lives. So we're going to look at this principle of first. The principle of first says this. If God is first in your life, then everything can come into order. I'm going to say that again. If God is for, that is not an Old Testament. It is an Old Testament principle, but you can see that in the New Testament, right? Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Okay, and actually, a better way to read that scripture would be multiplied unto you. God really doesn't add. He uses that term, but in reality, in the original Greek, that's more of a multiplication. He gives you more and beyond of what you have given you. So, if God is first in your life, then everything can, become, can come into order. If God is not first in your life, then nothing can come into order according to kingdom God principles. See? This principle doesn't mean, though, you won't have problems in this life. How many of y'all put God first in your life and you're problem free? Well, I just want to hang out with you two people because I was a test to see who was really paying attention. See? That's all right, Miss Rhonda. I know you just, I got you. No, no, it doesn't mean you're going to live problem free, does it? But what it means is if God is first, if you're living within this principle first and God is first in your life, hear me, young people, this, old folks, everybody in between, hear me. If, you live, if you, God is first, it doesn't mean all your problems go away. But what it means is God gives you the provision, the means, the strength, the fortitude to go through whatever it is you're facing. And there's plenty of scripture I could quote right now, but we won't. That, I just want you to grasp this. I don't think anyone in here would argue with that principle. If God is first, then he takes care of his own. So today we're going to look at the kingdom equation principle of tithing that says that very thing. If you take 100% of your increase and you subtract 10% of that increase and you give it to the Lord, then that 90% that you're left over is greater than the 100% that you started with. Okay, now for you students who are still in school, that's not the way they teach in math at school. So if you go to school and they ask that question, 100, listen students, 100 minus 10 is always going to equal 90 in the math. So if you get that wrong on your test, don't come back and say, this is what the, if you go to your teacher and say, Pastor Tony said this, they're going to say, Pastor who? And what school did he go to? But within the kingdom of God. Hear me. His kingdom principles are different than the world. If you take 100% of your increase and you give God that 10%, subtract that 10%, it's going to always be greater than the original 100%. Every time. Every time. All right. Now, as we look at Exodus 13, I know this is going to seem a little strange as we read this. If you've never, if you weren't really raised in church or didn't go to Sunday school, or you have just forgotten the Old Testament altogether, which you shouldn't forget the Old Testament. Um, this is going to be strange because we don't do things like this anymore. In principle, we should, and in principle, most of us do, but we're not out there killing animals. So here we go. But we're going to read it because there's some principles here. Exodus chapter 13, verse 1 says, The Lord said to Moses, and this is God speaking, Consecrate. What is consecrate? That's kind of a, a, a fancy word, churchy word. It means to set aside. It means to designate. So God's saying, listen, designate or set aside to me every firstborn male. Every firstborn male, okay? The first offspring of every womb among the Israelites belongs to me, whether human or animal. Now, I'm reading this. I try to put emphasis in this, but let's face it. There's a big difference between Hebrew and English. And because we're not hearing God speak this, we're really reading it, so we're going to put whatever twist, flavor, or emphasis we want on it. But what God is really saying here is that that first belongs to me that that's what he's saying here he's saying that means exactly what it says the first offspring of every womb is mine says the lord it's mine it's this concept you got to understand here i know it's old testament but there's a principle here we're going to get to in a minute it is my property and it belongs to me says the lord now look down at exodus 13 verse 12 you're to give over to the lord that's the same thing as consecrator set apart the first offspring of every womb, it's a repeat, all the firstborn males of your livestock belong to the Lord. Once again, they're God's property. They're God's property. Redeemed with a lamb, 
every firstborn donkey, but if you do not redeem it, break its neck. In other words, if you have an, a, a, an unclean animal, you redeem it with a redeemed animal, but if you don't, you lose it because you've got to kill it. You don't want to kill it. You've got to redeem it, all right? Redeem every firstborn among your sons. Now, obviously, we don't want to go kill our firstborn sons to redeem the rest of the family, okay? There's a different way to you redeem your children. He didn't mean sacrifice them, but there's this idea of this, this child, this son is yours. Now, lady, I don't mean to leave you guys out. We know the Old Testament principles are a little bit um, biased towards this man, but that God has no respect for persons, okay? Just understand that today. So it belongs to the Lord. So... There are three principles I want to share with you this morning that I believe will help have a positive impact on your lives as it pertains to your increase, okay, or finances in your life. The first is this. The firstborn must be redeemed. Firstborn. Understand that principle. Firstborn must be redeemed. Now, like I said, we're, we don't live in the Old Testament times, and that's not how we do. We don't live under the law today. We live under the of grace today, the grace of God. But there's a principle behind that idea of giving the firstborn, okay? There's, there, and the Bible tells us in, in, in 1 Corinthians, it tells us that everything in the Old Testament is there to teach us, to warn us or to teach us what? The principles of God, the nature of God. So the firstborn must be uh, sacrificed or redeemed. But how do you know whether to sacrifice it or redeem the animal? And, the, and, and what God does is he gives us two classifications. The lamb is a clean animal, according to God. It's the main primary sacrificial animal for worship. A donkey is an example of an unclean animal. They weren't supposed to have unclean animals, but just use your logic here this morning. What would they want with an unclean donkey or an animal like a donkey? A, a beast of burden to work the farm, to help work the land. Same way with oxen. So what God is saying here is you, got, you have the clean, and if it's a clean animal, the very first ooh, our very first lamb born by the ooh, the female sheep, right, is to be sacrificed. But if it's an unclean animal, then you take a lamb and you sacrifice it to redeem. I know this is very complicated, but I need you to understand what God is saying here today. See, let me ask you this. Do you see the picture of Jesus in this scripture? When you were born, were you born clean or unclean? Unclean. Right, because why? You had the sin nature. When Jesus was born, was he born clean or unclean? He was born clean. So for us as unclean, unclean, someone had to be redeemed. We had to be redeemed. Someone had to pay the price. We know that. But do you see what God was doing? Remember, in the Old Testament, everything points to Jesus. When you're reading the Old Testament, ask yourself, how does this point to Christ? Because that's what, this is the very first principle we have to understand when it comes to giving our tithe, bringing our tithe to the storehouse, bringing our tithe to the Lord. It begins here. Why? Because we're unclean. We had to be redeemed. We were unclean. And this is, so Jesus is God's tithe. He's the firstborn. God followed his own principles of the Old Testament when, in the New Testament by giving Jesus as the firstborn, the first begotten, the only begotten, see? And, and so what God's doing here, he's painting a picture through this that says, hey, I tithe, you tithe. What we have to remember, remember here is that the firstborn, just like Jesus redeemed us, we're redeemed of the Lord. The firstborn here of the lamb, or if it's the, sh uh, the, 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 the donkey, excuse me, I'll get it out here in a moment, has to redeem the rest. Notice that God says it's got to be the first, though. Why the first? This plays right into God. It's called faith. God didn't say give the second. God didn't say give the third. He didn't say give the tenth. He said give the first. Why? It takes a lot of faith to give the first. Why does it give a lot of faith to give the first? Because you don't know if you're going to get a second. Did God, now, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I got to pick here because we know theology. God knows everything, okay? But when God gave Jesus, he knew, at least he knew, not everybody would receive the redemption that he would pay for with the life of his son. And see, what God is saying is, I, out of faith, I want you to give unto my service your firstborn male son. Whether he, 
Regardless of what tribe, he's mine. You, he is mine. He's the heir. He, he's your heir, but he's going to be my heir. He's going to be my blessing over your family. And I want you to give him first and foremost. And then of all your livestock, when, when a sheep has a, a, the first lamb, you don't know if you're going to get a second one. You don't even know if that, lamb is going to, if that sheep is going to live through the birth. But I want you to give. So what they do is as soon as that lamb is born, they take it up, they take a knife, and they cut his neck, cut his throat. It's very graphic, isn't it? It's a lot of faith, isn't it? Because you don't know what else you're going to get. It's the principles that you have to give, give first. Because it takes faith to give first. And that's what God did with Jesus. Listen to what Colossians 1.12 says. It says, And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. We were unclean. Right? Sinful and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. Jesus is God's tithe and he's, his death has redeemed us. And so there is this principle of first of the kingdom of God. And God says the firstborn or it's this idea of it has to be first. Now, I know you're still saying, how does this have to do with tithe? Hang on. At the end, we're going to bring these three principles together. All right. The second principle is this. If the first one is the firstborn must be redeemed, the second principle is this. The first fruits must be offered. It's not just, God didn't say just in your livestock and your children. Now he says in your field as well. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 um, says this, and I love chapter 3. 3 is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because the chapter 3 verse 5 and 6 was written just for me. He shared it with y'all, but he wrote that to me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him. He will make your path straight. That's for me. But down a little farther, it says, honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Don't let me lose you this morning. Stay with me. I don't want you to miss a blessing this morning. Exodus 23, 19. Bring the best first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord, your God. So we see two scriptures right there in particular. There's many more that points to this. The two things I want you to notice, though, here is, is the first is that the tithe comes to the house of God and nowhere else. Notice that there it says that. Bring it to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. We struggle with this sometimes, but we're to bring it to the Lord. So we have to understand it comes where? To the house of God. The tithe should come before any other offerings. First. I'm talking about first, principle first here. Come before any other offerings, Right? For anything you give to the church, for you give to any other, any other charity, any other, even the sacrifice offering, it should come first. The tithe is the first. It's the first thing off the top. It's the first thing you give. And I know you don't like to be told what to do with your money. I'm just telling you what the Word of God is telling us here today. We have to learn that first. If God is first, let him be first in your finances. So the first thing you have to notice there, it comes to God, to the house of God. The next thing you need to note there is that you don't give tithe. I want you to understand that this morning. There's a lot of teaching in this, I know. You don't give your tithe. I don't know if it's because I'm preaching on money or I see y'all fanning. I know I'm not nervous this morning at all, I'll be honest with you. I feel very confident in this because I want to bless you. God wants to bless you. You bring it to the house of God. Bring it to the house of God. That's the first thing you got to know right there. Bring it to the house of God. It doesn't go anywhere else to the house of God. You don't give your tithe. You bring your tithe. And this is the reason why I say that. How can you give something that doesn't belong to you? Hear me. I want you to think about that. I'm going to bring out my mug. The first person I'm going to preach about today outside of Jesus. I'm going to hold my mug. I may just hold this up here and every time I go to preach about somebody, I'm going to use my mug. All right. That's like Alex coming over to my house like he always does and borrows my tools or my appliances as in my cookie, my cookie, my turkey fryer. Hear me. And when I need it, I call him, which and I say, where's my tool? You got my tool? And usually it's yes. Sometimes it's been no. Mostly it's yes. And he comes to my house and says, here, I'm giving you back your tools. He ain't giving me anything. He's bringing me my tools. Come on. I own those tools. Those tools are mine. I bought them or I acquired them from my father because I forgot to take them back to him. And now they're mine. No, I'm kidding there, right? <laughs> no, they're my tools. They're my tools, you know. But yes, how can he bring back to me something that does not belong to him? He's not 
bringing me, or giving me rather, my tools. He's bringing my tools back to me. And we have to understand that. I'm not trying to be legalistic. We're going to talk about the legalistic things here in a minute. I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm trying to help you change your way of thinking. I know you don't think of it that way. You don't mean to think of it in a bad way. I know what you mean when you say, I've got to pay my tithe. Don't pay God. He bought you. you own, he owns you. You don't pay God. Well, I, I got to give. No, you don't give your tithe. You bring your tithe. He owns it all. That's what he's trying to say here. The principle first is he does own it all, but he gives you stewardship over 90% of it. He says, I'm giving you stewardship over 90%. That first 10%, I give it to you, but out of an act of faith, I'm asking you to give it back, and we're going to get to what, how that benefits you in just a minute. But that's it. It first comes to the house of God. Hear me, I've had people say, well, I give my tithe, or I gave my tithe to this cause, or this cause, or this TV evangelist. I'm not against you blessing those people, but that's not a tithe. That's not a tithe. It's a gift, it's an offering. According to God's word, you bring it to the house of God. It comes to the house of worship that you worship at. Okay hate me, I know, don't like me, disagree with me, we can, if you want to talk with me later, I'm, I'm open to this, I, but I got the Word of God here. If you're going to go by what somebody told you, that's fine. I'm going to go with what the Word of God says. It says, bring it to the house. Bring it to my house. We're going to get to Malachi in a minute, but bring it to my house. Now, let's look at this principle for a minute of first fruits from a familiar story, the first fruits and redemption, those first two principles. From a story over in Genesis chapter 4. So turn in your Bibles, Genesis chapter 4 with me. I want you to read this for yourself. All right. Please don't, don't fall asleep on me today. Don't, don't tune me out. Don't get on Facebook or TikTok or Instagram. I want you to be blessed by this knowledge and wisdom of the Word of God. Genesis chapter 4. If you're not there yet, say, whoa. That's the first, go all the way to the left. And then turn over a few pages to chapter 4 of Genesis. Page 5 in Brother Ben's, okay. It's 12, okay. All right. I'm going to ask my young people and old people alike, I would really prefer no more interruptions and in getting up and down this morning, if you would, please. If you've got to go, I know you've got to go, but let's make sure this, Okay. I know it sounds very harsh for your pastor today. I just, I want you to get this today. I don't want to bore you. This is the word of God. Genesis chapter 4. Let's read. Because right here is that story of, of Abel and Cain. We know Cain and Abel. We know Cain killed Abel. And we know that, if you don't know, Cain killed Abel because Cain was jealous of Abel. But why was Cain jealous of Abel? Because they both made a sacrifice, if you would, an offering of worship to God. And Abel's was received and Cain's was not. But let's look at it. I've had people ask me all the time, why was Cain's offering, his sacrifice, his worship not received? And able, I think part of it is found in these two principles right here. So let's look. In the course of time, note the wording, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. Notice it doesn't say first fruits, some. And in, in the process of time, in the course of time. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portion from some of the Say it, for what? Firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So why did God not accept Cain's, but did accept Abel's? I think the answer is right here in the scripture. Abel's a rancher. Abel's a rancher. He raises sheep. That's what he did. And so when he, he went to worship the Lord, what did he bring as worship to the Lord? First, the sheep, uh, firstborn of his sheep. The firstborn of his sheep there. It's, it's the principle first. But then over here we see Cain is a farmer. It wasn't that God didn't want the fruit of the land. I've already read scripture where it says of your crops, you're to give the first fruits. You say, well, they didn't know this. It wasn't written in Scripture. That doesn't matter they didn't know it. You go throughout the Bible, God is a God of first. He wants everything. It belongs to him first, and that, that's the principle. They knew this. There's no doubt about that. They did not understand this. The first fruits, but he didn't. In the process of time, the King James Version says it this way, the process of time, it came to pass. 
In the process of time, after his crops had grown, what happened? It came to pass that Cain brought an offering. What did Cain do? He gave what he wanted when he wanted. He gave what he wanted when he wanted. And what did God do? He did not accept it. And it wasn't that God could not, would not accept it. It's because God could not accept it. That's what we have to understand about God. He, the principle first, he, he cannot accept what you bring him unless it's the first fruit when it comes to tithe. Because of sacrifice. Amen. There's things that God cannot do. Can God lie? Okay, we know that, but why can't God lie? Because he is truth. That's why he can't lie. See? There's things that God cannot... Why can God not change? He's already the best. He's perfect in every way. There's things about God's... Think about that. God doesn't think like we think. We know that, right? What he says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. Have you ever thought about this? God just doesn't sit around thinking about what he's going to do today. God, God doesn't think that way. God can't think that way because he already knows. He knows. He's not a thinker. He knows. He's all knowledge. He's all knowing, see? And, and so there's things that he cannot do. Something else he can't do is be second. God cannot be second. He says, I have to be first. And anything that's not first, I cannot accept, see? He's first. He is first above all. He's first of all. He's higher than all. He's first. And that's the reason he could not accept Cain's offering. It's because it wasn't the first fruits. It wasn't first. He wasn't being first in Cain's life. Say right. All right. So firstborn must be sacrificed other than human beings. First, I'm going to say that because some of y'all may want, I, there's times I've been wanting to sacrifice my firstborn. <laughs> first fruits must be offered. First fruit, in other words, your first fruits must be offered to God. That's a principle. And the third principle is this, the tithe must be first. Based on this, the tithe has to be first. The reason it is is because it belongs to God. We've made that very clear. It belongs to God. We're not, we're not giving it to him. We are returning it to him. We're bringing it to him. All right? Leviticus chapter 27 verse 30 says this. I knew I wouldn't get a lot of amens today, but that's okay. It's all right. I'm just preaching truth to you today. A tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. What it says, same language as in Exodus 13, it belongs to the Lord. It is wholly set aside to the Lord. It is wholly set aside, it belongs to the Lord. The principle first there, right? Firstborn, first fruits, first, tithes first, principle first. So how does these three principles, let's put it all together, these are Old Testament principles, but how do these work for us today? Because I've had people say to me that the New Testament principle tithing is you don't tithe. You don't tithe. Jesus is the tithe. He, he did all this. And, and, and to a degree, I, I concur with that because in the New Testament, the principle is what? God has it all anyways. What he gives you, he can take from you. If you don't believe that, just go through look at the parables. He talks about giving. See? In reality, and I'm not here shaking you down, but in reality, if you truly see as me as your pastor and God the authority speaking through me and you trust me, if you trust me a lot enough to tell, share things with me and to pray for you, lead you to the Lord, those kind of things, then you, got, you need to trust me when I, you need to trust me in everything the word says that God speaks through me or don't trust me at all is what I'm trying to say. And from that, by the New Testament principle, I should be able to say everybody today needs to give $1,000 to support the church. And you should, be, you should have to do it, see. We don't operate that way. You hear my heart? You say, why do you have that kind of, I'm just saying, if God laid on my heart to say that, then you'd have to walk in obedience. Because why? That's, if you want to go with new principle tithing, you're right. It's, God says, hey, because we know tithe means 10%. He says, I own it all. What are you doing with what I've given you? And, and you need to give back. Remember the, the parable of the talents? Come on. Yeah. He come back and said, what have you done for me? Give it to me. Come on, give it to me. 
What have I done? What have I given you? If I've given everything to you, I'm now saying I need it back. Why would God do that? Because he doesn't need it. It's accountability is what my point I'm trying to make here this morning. Are you with me? I, we, we've got to get on the same page with God on this. And, 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 and we, we have to understand this this morning. For your blessing benefit, not for me or the church, or for God for that matter. God wants to bless you. Many of you are preventing him from blessing you. That's the crux of this message. All right, so how does it apply to us today, okay? By the way, Jesus did say tithe. All right, I'll just put that out there. All right, so how does this three principle work for us today? How, how do we operate that if we're learning from the Old Testament, but we don't live under the law, we live under the grace? That's what my point is. So how do we do that? Well, here's a little math quiz for you this morning. If I hired somebody this morning to work for me, I got to find someone I can trust. Who can I trust? Luke, I trust you. Come up here. You're my object lesson. All right. Now, Luke, I have just hired you to, I don't know, uh, fix my Jeep. And you said, it's going to cost me $1,000 for you to fix my Jeep. And so you fix my Jeep, and it's running, and you come to me and say, Pastor Tony, I'm ready for you to pay me. All right? And it's $1,000. So what I do is, that's why I had to have someone who I could trust. I go, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, that one's bent, sorry. Nine. Yes, Trevor, you did give it all to me today. Ten. I will get this back. You will. Okay. No, that wasn't a question. I said, I will get this back. Yes. Here it. And so I pay, I pay him. I give him a thousand dollars. There you go. Don't you don't leave. Don't leave. You stay right there. All right. All right. So here's the math. Let's put let's put the math together here. See? Because the, the question is, if I give him $1,000, what is 10% of that $1,000, people? $100. Just, that's right. Hold it up. No, no, no. Hold it up. Hold it up. $100. But my question to you today is this. If he is to tithe, which hundred does he tithe? Okay. Very first one. Absolutely. But what happens, here's the principle I want to teach you. What happens, though, if I pay him in the form of check? And by the way, young people, that's this little piece of paper that you can write your number and name on. All right. What happens if I pay him by check? What happens if I do a direct deposit and discount? How do I know which hundred did? You want to know? You can thank Pastor James, uh, 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 Morris for this because this is his idea. I love this. Give me my $1,000 back. Stay right there. You can go sit down, by the way. I'm not going to trust you anymore. I'm afraid, yeah, I'm afraid, I'm afraid you're more like your mama than your daddy. I'm not trusting you some money. So if, if I paid you with a check or I paid you with direct deposit, how do you know then? Here's, here's the principle that this is talking about. You ready? It's the first one that leaves your hand. I saw Robert Morris do that and I thought, Wow. It's the first one that leaves your hand. It comes off the top. It's first because if it doesn't, now we're going to talk about legalistic here. I'm not talking, okay, we're going, I know your mind right now. All right, we're not, I don't think God's into the legalism of this principle. I think he's into the heart of the matter. What's your heart? Is he first? Is he first? That's what I'm trying to say. I'm not getting legalistic with this. This is God's blessing you. He's, his way of blessing you. It's, all, it's got to come off the top because he can't be second. It can't be second. And this is what happens so often. Can I be honest with you? This happened in my life one time, and, I, and God got my attention because what usually happens is got to pay the mortgage. Got to make that car payment. Got gas. Lord, I got children and a wife. Uh-oh, I don't have enough left over to bring my tithe. I don't have enough to even... Because why? You gave to anyone and everyone else first because, well, if I don't pay my bills, then my house gets taken away from me. My car gets taken away from me. Well, losing the children might not be a bad idea. Okay, uh, okay I got to be godly here this morning. Um, yeah, we, we see this idea that there's not enough. 
over in Malachi. Matter of fact, would you, would you turn to Malachi? We're going to go to chapter 3. I'm going to read chapter 1 first. If you're turning over there and you want to go to 1 first, that's fine. Yes. Yes, that's that's the equation. 100 minus 90 is greater than I mean 100 minus 10 is greater than 90 or 100. Yeah. Amen. Amen. If you don't believe this scripture, then don't believe any of the Bible. You've got to believe it all. Listen, we're going to first be in Malachi chapter 1, and, um, and then we'll close this thing down in, in, in chapter 3. Actually, we're going to go back to Exodus here in a minute, but that's okay. I hope you're okay with this this morning. Or if you're not, just deal with it. Okay. God tells us in Malachi um, chapter 1 here, it says, listen to verse 7. But you ask... How have we defiled you? By saying the Lord's table is, is contemptible. When you offer blind animals for sacrifice, is that not wrong? Old Testament principle. Old Testament, but think of the principle here. All right? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Why would that be wrong? They're second best. They're the leftovers. See? When you sacrifice lame or diseased animals, is that not wrong? Try offering them to your governor, those who lord over you, those who you set under their authority. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept you? Says the Lord Almighty, see. In other words, God would not accept the blind, lame, and diseased animals because they have little value. They have little value. And what the Israelites would do is they'd keep the best for themselves, and then when it came time to sacrifice, they'd take this blemished lamb and they would sacrifice and God says no 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 I don't want your leftovers I don't want what you have left over I don't want your second best I have to be first and can I be honest with you if they did it he wouldn't accept it just like he won't accept ours if it's second because he didn't accept Cain's it's got to, it has to be first see if you give first your mortgage company can I tell you something the mortgage company doesn't have the power to bless your finances I understand the principle. I've been in a pinch. I've been in a pinch. You give to God first. Lord, I have a lot of bills. You see the bills I have. You see the mouths I'm feeding. You see, you see the doctor bills. You see all that I'm facing. But nonetheless, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to have faith in you. Look at me throw my money around. I dare not leave it there and surprise it. It wasn't stormed. And I left too. But I'm going to give you first. First, see. First, 100% minus 10% is always greater than the 100%. Bring the tithe to God first, and when you do, that's where this kingdom equation takes place over all your finances. 90% with God's blessing, as Brother Gerald's already testified, will go farther than the 100% without his blessing. Every time. Every time. Every time. Now, I want to talk about legalism, then we'll, we'll pray and... I, would, I guess we do take up the offering at the end, but we do it as you leave, as you feel led to. I don't feel like this issue with God is about legalism. It's, not a, it's a matter of the heart is what my point is. So in my heart, I want to put God first. How do I do that? I don't think God is requiring me uh, every time I get paid. Hear me. Hear me all the way through. It doesn't mean every time I get paid, he expects me to go to the church. I get paid. Go to the church and give. Or every time somebody blesses me, here, here, go, go right now and give to the church. I don't think that's what God is trying to tell us here. Because that's when it becomes legalistic. Then it becomes just a form of being ritualistic. Hear me. I want young people, you need to hear this. This is important for all of us, but you're getting a start in your life. 
It's not about, I'm not saying that you have to run to the church. If somebody gave you $100 this afternoon and the tithe on $100 is, all right, let me make sure your math's good. Doesn't mean yet, Pastor, I got to come give you the $10 today. That's not what God's saying. God's saying, Am I first? Am I first? And if I'm first, then before you spend any money, you're going to set aside the 10% that belongs to me. And it may depend on when you, can I tell you how I do it? Maybe this will help you out how I do it. I get paid every week. My wife gets paid every two weeks, okay? I don't think God's up there saying, Tony, you've got to run down there and, and give, bring, I mean, the tithe. What I do is I have a budget. And you know what the first thing on my budget is? You know what the second thing on my budget is? Missions. Missions. How can God bless us if I don't bless, try to help others, right? Come on. I'm not saying that's how you have to do it. That's my, that's my heart. Do I give that every week? No. I give it once a month. But it's first. It's always first. It's always first, see? I, I, don't, I don't think God's legalistic with it. I, there again, it's about my heart he sees my heart is he first in my life and i can tell you right now he's going he is i'm going to bring him what belongs to him because i know everything i have is because of him are you hearing me this morning i'm i want that very clear this is a matter of the heart it's a matter of the heart he wants us to have circumcision of the heart he he wants to be first he wants that covenant with us in in our hearts it's what reflects first in my life. I also don't think God is legalistic about if you bring it to the church or you bring it using the church app. Who never thought about it? I've heard people preach before there was technology about, no, you, you have to physically bring it. Well, what about you folks who use the app? Where does that leave you? That's legalism. He's not legal. He just knows that some of you, the good thing about the app, if you feel compelled to give it when you first get paid, you can do that with the app. You can give every time someone gives you something. You can say, Lord, that's fine. I'm just saying it's not, God is not legalistic about this in the sense that you got to do it this day, this day, this day, or whenever you get paid, rather. It's of the heart. I work on a monthly budget. If you work on a weekly budget, make it weekly. Are we on the same page? Okay, now let me close with this. I want to point out one more thing. Go back to Exodus chapter 13. And, and we'll close. There's obviously not going to be a great altar call today because I'm not going to ask for y'all who haven't been that need to repent. That's between you and the Lord. <laughs> Sometimes we need this. I feel like, honestly, I would preach this if I didn't feel like today was the day. I just released me to preach it. It was actually in my message series earlier. And I said, no, I'm going to preach it this. I just felt like to end it with the last here. So you're here before for this very reason today, whoever you may be. Exodus chapter 13, look down at verse 14 and 16. This is great. Listen to what God tells Moses. In days to come when your sons ask you, what does this mean? This meaning sacrificing the firstborn of a new sheep or sacrificing a sheep for a donkey or an to redeem an unclean animal. So what, what, what does this mean? So when your kids ask, Dad, Mom, why are you making this sacrifice? Why are you taking the knife and cutting the throat of this lamb? What, what's this all? Why do we do this? Say to him, with a mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. When Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go, the Lord killed the firstborn of both people and animals in Egypt. This is why I sacrificed. This is what God's saying to tell these kids. This is why I sacrificed the Lord for the first male offspring of every womb redeemed each of my firstborn sons. And if it, and it will be like a sign on your hand or a symbol on your forehead that the Lord brought us out of Egypt with his mighty hand. I love this scripture. This is why. Well, I'm thinking about that. Put that back in my pocket. Remember last week when we, we, we when I was talking about not just doing things in front of your kids for the sake of doing them because this is what we do, but explaining why we do what we do. I need these two young ladies right here setting up straight. You need to hear this. You need to hear this. You're not in your living room. You're in God's house. It's very spiritual this morning, folks. This is a more spiritual thing. This comes so often before God, your money. We need to hear this today. We need to show, not just show our kids what we do. God right here is telling Moses, we need to tell them why we're doing what we're doing. We need to explain. 
So that, that's why this is taking place here. What, what God is saying is he's saying, listen, when your son or your daughter comes and hey, dad, why do you keep cutting the throats of these lambs? Why do you keep doing this? You can sit down and say, son, you may not know this, but we haven't always been ranchers. We haven't always had sheep. There was a time that we lived in the land of Egypt and we were slaves. We didn't own anything. We were owned by somebody else. Come on, somebody. And we lived that life. But God, by his mighty hand, he stretched down and he delivered us from the hand of Pharaoh. And because of that, I gladly, I gladly sacrifice to my Lord and my Savior. Because what he's done for me, he does require it because it does belong to him. But if it's not dumb or right attitude, he can't receive it. He can't bless you. But when it does, it's out of a gratitude of, of, of your heart for what God has already done for you. Now, let me tell you something. I can't tell you that my sons have come and asked me why I tithe. They don't know that I write that check out. They may have seen it and not realize what I was doing. But I can tell you right now, my boys know about tithing. Now, whether they tithe or not, I do not know. But I remind them frequently and ask them, are you, are you bringing the tithe to God? They know that I tithe. And the reason why I tithe is because there was a time in my life that I didn't serve God. I was bound in my sin. I was living a rebellious life. And I lost everything. I lost it all. They know that. They know that the time that dad was living the lie and living for himself and living a life of pleasure and, and, and doing the things of the world. And, and, and I lost it. I, I about lost them. I about lost them. I about lost my wife. But God, but God, with a mighty hand, stretched forth and delivered me from the bondage of sin, from the lie that I was living. He redeemed my life, and I gladly give it all to him. I gladly give it all to him. It's not about a legalistic thing. It's not because I'm afraid that God is going to pour down coals of fire upon my head. If I don't give with a glad heart, if I don't give with a cheerful heart, if I don't give first fruit, all I'm doing is keeping God from blessing me. But because he has blessed me, I freely, willingly, and love, I look forward to giving to the Lord because of what he's already done and what he promises he will continue to do, church. Come on, quit being so selfish. Quit holding back God's hand. Let go of the person. Open up and let God open up the windows of heaven for you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. He wants to bless you. Well, I was going to take you to Malachi chapter 3. You can read it for yourself, but basically God just simply says this. Quit stealing from me. You're stealing from me. He says, but I'll tell you what. And he says, not only not, because you're stealing from me, you're cursed. Now, God's not a God of cursings. He not puts a curse on you. That curse means what I just said. He's unable to bless you. He says, but if you'll follow me in this, if you'll, if you'll bring me the tithe, let it be the first fruits. You read it there in Malachi chapter 3. He says, I will open up the windows of heaven. God's got big windows. And I will pour out upon you so much blessing. This is the kind of blessing I want. You won't be able to contain it. Read it for yourself. Read it for yourself. That's the kind of blessing that I want. But I don't give for the blessing. I give first fruits because of my love for God because I know what he's done for me and it does open up the windows for him to bless me. It's not a legalistic thing, it's a heart thing. And if for some reason you disagree with anything I've preached here this morning, all I ask you to do is pray about it and just ask God to give you wisdom, direction. I'm not trying to shake you. Can I be honest with you? God doesn't need your money. What do you think about that? Can I be honest with you? I don't need your money. Church doesn't need your money. Now God may use you to supply this church for the ministry that he has called us to do. I, I, I've served this church when I didn't get paid hardly anything because we couldn't afford that. I was fine with that. God doesn't need it. The church doesn't need it. We really don't. But if you're going to walk in obedience to God and put him first, you do this, I promise you. I pro he cannot go against his word. He's perfect. He's perfect. He can't go against his word. If you do that, I promise you, he will bless it. I'll close with this. I said it, but let me phrase it the way I wrote it. I don't, I don't bring the tithe for the blessing. I bring the tithe because of God is first in my, he is first in my life. But when I do, 
God redeems, and that's what I want you to understand. I don't know if I made that point. He redeems the other 90%. That's why it goes farther. When I gave him the first 10%, the redeeming, the first fruits, the principle of tithing. He redeems the other 90%, and that's how that equation operates in your life. 100 minus the first 10 is greater than the 100. Amen? Amen. Father God, I thank you so much for the moving of your spirit in our midst today, God, for the encouraging, Lord, for our veterans, God, that we've honored today. Lord, I speak blessings over them again. But, Lord, this is not necessarily an easy message to listen to sometimes because, God, we take, we take money so personally, Lord, because we work hard. We do, God. People, we work hard to, to make ends meet, Lord, and with the economy going the way it's going, Lord, and gas prices and shortages on food, Lord, I mean, Lord, it, it is a, it's a really, really tough time. God, you're not unaware of that. You're quite aware of that. But, Lord, I believe maybe, maybe that's why you had me preach this message for this time. Because, God... If we don't put you first in our giving, what we have is not going to make it. It's not, it's not going to cover. We cannot stretch it far enough, Lord. But God, if we will commit it to you first, you will redeem the 90%, God, and we go farther than we ever imagined it could. Thank you, Lord, for your word. God, thank you. Thank you for teaching us how we can receive your blessing, God, how we can, we can make it in this life, God. Now, Lord, I pray for anyone here today, God, who by chance struggles in this area. Because, Lord, I know many have told me they can't afford to tithe. The reality is, God, I can't afford not to tithe. God, I can, you know, Lord, I know what I make, what my wife makes, Lord. I know our bills, God. And, and, Lord, I struggle at times, God. I don't know how, but, Lord, I have not missed a meal. God, my lights have not been turned off, Lord. My truck has not been repossessed, Lord. No, Father, because, God, I honor you, Lord. I love you, and I honor you with the first. And because of that, Lord, you have blessed me so. And I pray for those who may not quite understand this, Lord. Let there be no confusion. God, let it not be bound in legalism. But, Lord, with a willful heart, with a cheerful heart, God, may we all give of our first fruits so the remainder can be redeemed by you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. God, thank you, Lord. Now, right now, just ask the Holy Spirit to just minister to you for just a moment. I'm getting ready to release you. But just, if you're struggling with this, if you disagree with me, it wouldn't be the first time someone disagreed, but just pray about this this morning. Just ask God to reveal truth to you today. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Now, Lord, as we conclude this service today, and we do give, Lord, and we give as we leave every Sunday morning, God, I pray your blessings over the tithe, the offering, God, the gifts that we bring to you. Lord, that, God, that you bless the giver as you bless the gift, and, Lord, that you multiply it. God, you help us be good stewards of what you entrust this church, this body, this leadership with, God, so that, Lord, we could do great things for your kingdom because it's all about your kingdom, Father. And I thank you in advance for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Love you, church. You guys enjoy the beautiful day. God has blessed you, amen? God bless you. joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.